that you have won again. You won. You have won. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to this beautiful, beautiful Monday morning that God has decided to wake us up in, guys. If you are happy and you know that God woke you up this morning when you stretched out your hands, realized that your eyes was open, did you give him some thanks? Give him some thanks on this beautiful Monday morning. Let's go ahead and give him some glory. Let's give him some praise. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We come boldly to the throne thanking you this morning for the very breath that you breathe into our bodies. We come boldly towards the throne this morning with thanksgiving and praise in our mouth, Father God. Let our hearts not be troubled on this day, Father God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. We just want to say thank you, Father God, for sitting up high and looking down low, for always keeping your hedge of protection round and about us, Father God, in all circumstances, Father God. We thank you for our family and friends, Father God. We thank you for the very breath that you breathe into their bodies, O Heavenly Father. We thank you on this day, Father God, for your tender mercies, Father God, for having favor on our lives on this day. As we go forth in this day today, Father God, let our minds stay steadfast on your word, Father God. Let our hearts not be troubled, Father God. Let us go forth and be fruitful in everything that we do, Father God. Let us stand on our faith as small as a mustard seed, O Heavenly Father. May we be placed on good ground, Father God, today. May our foundation not be cracked or movable, Father God, because we know that you are able to do all things in our lives on this day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah to his name. He is worthy to be praised on this beautiful day that he has blessed us in. I hope everybody is feeling as amazing as I'm feeling. I woke up this morning with a little bit of sinus trouble. It's getting a little chippy or nippy outside, as I can say. We went straight into 9700 degree weather, and it felt like it was 120 outside. To waking up to thunderstorms over the weekend, cloudy, low 60s. And for some people, some people may say that is good weather. And that is good weather. I'm an August baby. I love the fall. I love the spring. I love anything that God wakes me up in. I'm not six feet under, so I love it. But the transition kind of messes with your body, especially if you're going through something. But we know he's able, and we're not going to claim any aches, any pain, anything that our mind tries to conjure up against us on this day. So I'm just happy. I'm happy. I wish that the low 60s would stay around for a long time and we don't have to go into the cold winter months, but it is what it is. Every season that God has created, he created it for a purpose. Every country he created, he created for a purpose. So we just got to be happy and rejoice in it. We just got to be happy and rejoice in the wonderful things that we see around us. So, when we left off on Friday, we left off with the boys 
going into Egypt and they want to get corn. Jacob has sent them off to go and get corn or as he feared that they would starve to death. (laughs) So let's recap just a little bit. Joseph was in Egypt. He has been there for years. He's never made the attempt to go into the land of Canaan. I imagine, and for most of you guys, you hear me always talking about my Matthew Henry, I imagine that, you know, the king, Pharaoh, had told him, you know, you will be ruler over everything except for me. So I imagine, maybe in my little feeble mind, that he thought about it. He thought about whether his father was still living, or he thought about, you know, his baby brother Benjamin, as we as we're coming to see that Benjamin's gonna play a major role in this next couple days as we talk about this. And so my mind got to working. If you're the ruler of everything and you are preparing this country to, you know, store up food and, you know, people have that um, respect for you. They don't fear you, but they have this respect for you because this is the position that the king has put him in. He has put him in a unique position that everybody has to come to him. They have to, you know, follow his lead, except for the king. So in my mind, I'm thinking, he never made this trip. He never made this trip down to Egypt out of curiosity. In our lives, we would out of curiosity. I know that I have. I know some people have a lot more willpower than I do. That's something I'm praying to God about, having willpower over certain things in my life. But some of us that are curious, you would think that maybe he would have maybe sent someone, you know, to spy to see if his father was still living, if his brothers were still still living, especially Benjamin. Benjamin. But Matthew Henry does not detect or say that. It just says, you know, he has not come out of Egypt in over 20 years. And we proceed to go into the story where they tell us, they tell us that Joseph is now governor and his brothers have come to him, but they don't recognize him. He recognizes them. And he began to question them. He says, you know, where do y'all come from? And they tell him the land of Canaan. And as he begins to question them a little bit more roughly or a little bit more harshly, he calls them spies. He says, y'all have come to spy on the land of nakedness, to see if we are naked, if we are empty. And they refusely replied, no, my Lord, but we are here to buy Food. We are servants. We are servants of one man. We are sons of one man, should I say. And he begins to question them. And still, all the while of him questioning them, he's still hurling these accusations that they are indeed spies. (laughs) But as my story tells me, He then charges them with uh, the treatment of being spies. He throws them into prison for three days. 
And I imagine he did ponder on this. So when he returned to them, he said, I tell you what, you leave one man behind. Leave one man behind. Return to your city. Return to your country. Take the corn with you, but you're going to leave one man behind. Now, as they spoke, as we're doing our recap, the, the, the brothers, as we see, they're submissive. They are submissive. First of all, you are charging me with a thing such as a spy. And we all heard different stories about in different countries. Uh, even in the United States, you get caught over here as a spy. You got something to deal with, I can imagine. But he's charging them with this accusation that they are, re, they are rebelling to the max. Like, look, we are not spies. We promise you we are not spies. So after the third day, Joseph comes to this conclusion. He says to them, Prove it. Prove that you are not spies. He says, you know, leave one behind. Leave one behind. Return to your land in which you came from. But you will leave one behind. So he says to them, your words may be proved whether there be any truth in you or else by the life of Pharaoh. Surely ye are sin." Spies. Here we go. Right here, it tells me that Joseph still has some decency, even though in his anger, in remembering. Because you gotta imagine if he remembered and saw them, if he saw them and recognized them and they did not recognize who he was, that brings up a whole lot of feelings, especially when you have been the one that has been mistreated. They mistreated Joseph. They hated him as a small boy. And they, they sold him off, threw him in the pit, sold him off. So you can imagine that he was feeling some type of way. And even though... God is with him as he is with us. We all get in our feelings about stuff. We all get in our feelings about someone that has wronged us. And unless God fills us with a word to help us get over it, and sometimes even when you're filled with that word, in that moment, it still doesn't make you feel 100% better. But it plays on your conscience. Just like as we see here, it plays on your conscience because even though you want to be mad as a rattlesnake or mad as a hornet, when God reveals to you the love that he has for you, and I'm always saying it, grace and mercy that he has for you, if you are a man or a woman after God's own heart, after Jesus Christ, the one that was nailed to the cross for us. If you are loving and willing to do the things that our Heavenly Father has done for us, your conscience kicks in. Even with your with you being that mad, your conscience kicks in. And my Matthew Henry, it tells me that because he says to them, I fear God. So if you are a true man, let one of your brothers be bound 
in the house of your prison. Go ye carry the corn for the famine of your houses, but bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. So it doesn't matter how he felt. He feared God. And he told this to them. I fear God. So no matter how I feel about the situation, I fear God more. And I think that we need to get there as the people. Myself included. Anything that I say or anything that I read, I ponder on it. I'm certainly not where I need to be, where I would like to be. In my walk with Christ, I fall short every day. I fall down every day. But the best part about it is getting back up and dusting myself off and remembering God's grace and mercy. And we see that displayed here. We see that as they spoke among themselves, not knowing, not even recognizing that this is our brother whom we did harm, who we told our father that was dead. And right now, they're not sure that he is indeed not dead. After all, it's been 20 years. They said to one another, we are guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the anguish of his soul And when he besought us, and we would not hear. My Matthew Henry tells me, and just reading it out of the KJV tells me, that they are now remembering and regretting their actions. As they spoke amongst each other in their native tongue, not knowing that they actually were standing in front of their brother, Joseph. They're having this discussion because their hand, their lives are in someone else's hands. They're being accused of being spies. They also are put in a situation where they've been thrown in jail for three days. Now they're being asked to leave another brother behind. And my Matthew Henry suggests that Joseph may have chosen Simon because Simon was the one in the beginning when they decided to sail Joseph and throw him in the pit, had the most hatred and jealousy and envy. But as they're speaking in their native tongue, Joseph is listening My Matthew Henry tells me, and my my Bible tells me, that that Joseph communicated with them with an interpreter. How clever is that? Not wanting to be known just yet. That I know what you're saying. You're not aware, but I am aware that you are my brothers. So let's see how this plot or this story Thickens. So my Bible tells me that he indeed, he indeed, with his tender mercies towards them in this occasion, allows them to leave with the promise 
of not touching a hair on Simon's head because the fear that he had for the Lord. Being conscious. And I don't think that a lot of us have that in us. Being consciously aware that we've wronged someone. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. It will come back to bite you. Whether you get caught or thrown in prison for a deed or an act, whether it's years later, a month later, or whether you wronged someone or said someone something so despicable to someone, it will return to you and you will start to reflect on those things that you did to someone else. That is something that we all consciously do. Our conscience will kick our tails good or bad, it will kick our tails. And it tells me here that Joseph, you know, his tenderness towards them on this occasion represents the tender mercies that God always has on us. There goes that word again, grace and mercy. The grace and the mercy that he has on all of us as sinners. The grace and mercy that he has on all of us every day as sinners. It allowed them also to reflect on how they had wronged someone. And here they found themselves in a predicament of needing food. There's a phantom in their land. And they're having to go to this other country where they sold their brother to into the to the Ishmaelites and the Midianites and they have to humble themselves before the governor and ask for food and they discuss this they discuss this right here in their native tongue in front of the brother that they thought was no more and they said all of this amongst each other But, here's Reuben again. As you can remember, Reuben spoke up for Joseph back in the day. When he told them, throw him into the pit. In his mind, he thought maybe after they threw him in the pit and after a while, maybe they would reconsider or perhaps he could somehow get Joseph and return him to his father. But here... As they're speaking, Reuben says to them, I told (laughs) y'all. You know how you have that, I told you so, most of us get it from our parents. He said, I told y'all, do not sin against the child and you will not hear. I told y'all not to sin against him. I knew some way, somehow, it was going to come back to bite us. I told y'all. As they're having this conversation, my Bible tells me that Joseph turned and wept. My Bible tells me that he turned away and he wept after hearing this conversation and as well after seeing his brothers. This has to be a great shock to him as they approached and bowed to themselves as his dream had said that they would do 
even though he was too young to interpret it, we saw up until this point, every situation he went into, especially in prison, God was with him. But God showed himself mighty on Joseph's behalf. Well, not only was he a dreamer in his younger days, he gave him the gift of interpreting. That's kind of like us as human beings. Really not knowing which way we want to go in life. And we've all heard that saying, it is written in the Bible that your, 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 your older days, your latter days will be better than your former days. As we get older and we start to mature, for most of us, if we're not already walking with our Heavenly Father, and if we were um, in church or raised in a Christian household, whether it was somewhat in a Christian household or whether it was you went every Sunday and every Wednesday to Bible study, as we get older, We tend to think about God, Jesus, that relationship, having a spiritual relationship with our Heavenly Father more and more. For some of us, our latter days are better than our former days. And we recognize that as human beings. And you can see this well displayed here. You can see this well displayed here. So my Bible tells me in chapter 24, verse 24 and 25, chapter 42, verse 24 and 25, and he turned himself about from them and wept. And he returned to them again and communed with them and took from them Simon and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack to give them provisions for their way and thus did he unto them. And they landed their asses with corn and departed this. And one of them opened his sack to give his ass provider in the end He inspired his money, for behold, it was in the sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, What is this that God has done unto us? So, Simon is left behind as per request of Joseph. He also commands the people that's handling the corn and the money exchange, hey, give them the corn, put the money back into their sacks, put it into the mouths of their asses and let them be on their way. And when one of the brothers discovers this, he tells the other brothers, and they are frightened. 
they got the corn and they got the money back and they were accused of being spies. Oh my God. Somebody has set us up. What has God done to us? What situation? And we are people that's like that. I think all of us in our life, no matter what you believe and how you believe it, when we get into these situations or these little debacles that we manage to put ourselves in or perhaps someone else manages to put us in, we always ask God, why me? Why me? Why me? Why has this happened to me? Why have you allowed this thing, God, to happen to me? We never see the blessing in it until the blessing slaps us right in the face. Bam. Oh, God, that's why God allowed that to happen. Sometimes the situation can be so devastating that we fear that God has turned his back on us because we can't trace his footsteps in it. And sometimes going through it can be just that, that devastating, where we feel like God has left us. Some of us give up and some of us hold on. And some of us is caught in between, like your girl Victoria J. In my faith walk, I'm learning. I'm still a little baby grasshopper. And in my faith walk, some days, some weeks, I can hold on real tight to what God is trying to do for me. But in my bad moments, when something happens that strikes or hits me out of the blue, and I don't know how to handle it, I find myself in fetal position, asking God, are you there, God? And sometimes saying to myself, did God really hear my prayers? If he heard my prayers, why is he allowing this to happen? But I have to remember, it's for his glory. Everything that we go through, and it is easier said than done going through the bad stuff. But I'm also reminded that I could never do what our Heavenly Father Jesus Christ done. Carry my own cross. Get my hands and my feet nailed to it. Be mocked, spit on. Even have a sponge of sour wine put up to my lips when I thirst. Even calling out, Father, Father, why have thee forsaken me? I'm reminded that I did not pay that cost to be asking any of the questions that my mind and Satan wants to play tricks on me and it snaps me back into my position of being submissive unto God's will and getting up in that very moment and being able to carry out that day and praying that if it's in God's will He'll allow me to see the next day. And the next day, I'll be better than yesterday. So as we move forth, we find out that the boys indeed return with the corn. And they tell their father, Jacob, 
who we know now as Israel. Because of his name change. Guys, don't forget about that name change. Even though sometimes we don't walk in our new name at all times. Because we so accustomed to walking in the name that we were born with. That people say to us all our life has called us all our life when God decides to show up and change your name sometimes we forget to walk in the newness of our name our new position that he's elevated us to but behold when he tells when they tell Jacob about what has happened And they must return with Benjamin. And as well as that, their money was hidden in their uh, their stuff. So they came back with the corn. They came back with the money. And if they run out of this corn, they got to return. And not if they run out of the, 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 the corn. The condition was bring your younger brother back. So they have to tell their father, not only did we have to leave Simon, we did bring back the corn. We did get the money. We got our money back. We didn't know we got the money back until we were half a journey back home and stopped at the end. But... We have been told that we have to bring Benjamin back in order for this thing to be put to bed. And Simon's already there. And now Jacob, he's not happy. He is not happy. And he is not willing to allow Benjamin out of his eyesight. You mean to tell me, here we go again, boys. My first son is no longer with us. My youngest, my fave, not my first, but my fave. My favorite son is not no longer with us. Simon has had to stay in this land that we are not even from. And now you're telling me that this overseer, this governor, wants you to bring my baby son Benjamin back in order to get my other son back and you came back with the money (laughs) so as we return on Wednesday we'll see how this unfolds I hope you guys enjoyed my details of what I learned in this moment on this Monday. I am happy to share it with you. And if it be in God's will, we'll see you right back here on Wednesday. Peace and blessings to you all. And I hope you're having a fantastic day. And if it be in God's will, we'll pick this right back up on Wednesday. Peace and blessings to you all. This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria J. from 12th Street Talk Back and Morning Inspirations. Did you guys pour into yourself? I hope you poured into yourself today. 
If not, sometimes we can need a little bit more pouring. And today I'm here to offer you just that with my new friends and partners, Faithful Counseling. You all always hear me talk about partnering with my Christian Conrads in Christ and always needing that extra shoulder to lean on as well as my faith. Well, today you can take comfort in having that exact same partner with Faithful Counseling. Thank you, Faithful Counseling, for sponsoring this podcast. With Faithful Counseling, you will get access to your needs and you'll be matched with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. That's right, who is a practicing Christian. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's text, chat, phone, or video call. And you can message your therapist at any time to schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With Faithful Counseling, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12 Street Talk Back. That's FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12 Street Talk Back. I've also linked it in the description below. Let's start pouring into yourself today with your new partner at Faithful Counseling.